1: It is Wednesday, December 14th, and this is People Every Day. Hi everyone, Janine Rubinstein here with you. Some truly heartbreaking news to cover at the top of today's show, but important news nonetheless. That said, I promise you later we'll lighten things up with our continued coverage of Harry and Meghan's bombshell docu series, with new exclusive insights into their ongoing royal family drama. Then there's a story that might very well make people smile for generations to come. So stick with us as we dive into what's swirling around out there today. Ten years ago, this very day, twenty first graders and six adults were murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Again, twenty first graders and six other human lives just gone. I'm not here to get up on a soapbox, but I know where I was a decade ago when I heard the news, and I remember thinking like so many other people, this is it. This is the moment things change in this country, right? Right? And no, that wasn't the case. Since the Sandy Hook massacre, there have been 22 school shootings in the U.S. where an additional 69 children have been gunned down. So that means that from 10 years ago to today, 89 students, children, went to school with their backpacks and lunchboxes, worried about spelling tests and pop quizzes, laughed with their friends and made eyes with their first crush, and then they didn't come home. I mean, just this May, we saw 19 students and two teachers senselessly murdered at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. So today, we remember all 89 of those students who have died. We have a very special story on People.com where we name all of the students and have a powerful collage of their photos to remind us that 89 deaths, not only is too many, one is too many, but also to remind us that 89 is not just a number, but 89 people with faces, families, hopes, Dreams and fears, who are no longer with us. Moving on to a story that we've been monitoring. Last Friday, the world was stunned to hear that 48 year old sports journalist Grant Wall collapsed while covering the Argentina versus Netherlands game at the World Cup in Qatar. In the immediate aftermath, Wall's brother Eric took to social media and said he believed that his brother was killed. Grant was an award-winning sports journalist who had dedicated significant coverage to the migrant deaths at the FIFA World Cup and earlier in the tournament had been detained for wearing a Rainbow Pride shirt to one of the matches. On Monday, the U.S. State Department confirmed that Grant's body was returned stateside. Now, Wall's family believes his death was caused by an underlying health condition. His wife, Dr. Celine Gounder, released a statement earlier today saying, quote, Grant died from the rupture of a slowly growing, undetected, ascending aortic aneurysm with hemopericardium. The chest pressure he experienced shortly before his death may have represented the initial symptoms. No amount of CPR or shocks would have saved him. She also added, his death was unrelated to COVID. His death was unrelated to vaccination status. There was nothing nefarious about his death. Grant had shared with colleagues and fans that he had not been feeling well in the days leading up to his death. He chalked it up to exhaustion from his constant World Cup coverage. We send our condolences to Wall's family and loved ones. And now we're moving on to our next story, another heavy one. And again, I promise you guys we're going to get to the lighter stuff, but as we were planning our show this morning, we've received confirmation that Stephen Twitch Boss has died. Let's get into this developing story. You guys, this next story took me by total surprise, and I still I still can't believe it. Today, news broke that Steven Twitch Boss, the beloved dancing DJ who rose to fame on the Ellen DeGeneres show, was found dead inside a Los Angeles hotel room. The 40-year-old star is survived by his wife, Allison Holker Boss, and their three children, three-year-old Zaya, six-year-old Maddox, and 14-year-old Wesley along with a host of friends and fans who loved him dearly. And my heart breaks as the details surrounding his death continue to pour in by the minute. So to help pay tribute to his life and the legacy he leaves behind, as well as mourn the sadness of his death, is People's senior TV editor, Brianne Heldman. Hey, Brienne.
2: Hey, Janine. I am so sad by this one. This one hits me hard.
1: I mean, I know the story is still developing as we speak, but uh, what do we know right now?
2: We really do not know much. We know that he died by suicide. And that's kind of it. We received a statement from Allison, Twitch's wife. And she said he was the backbone of our family, the best husband and father, and an inspiration to fans. It is with the heaviest of hearts that I have to share. My husband, Stephen, has left us. Stephen lit up every room he stepped into. He valued family, friends, and community above all else and leading with love and light was everything to him. Wow. And she goes on to talk about what an inspiration he was to fans and the legacy he leaves behind. But I mean, this is a person who truly was beloved even before he was on The Ellen Show. I'm a diehard, So You Think You Can Dance fan. And he became an instant fan favorite just from the auditions. He was on season four, which season four is often revered as one of the best seasons of the series ever. He was the runner up that season and then went on to be an all-star and a judge on the show and it was during his time as an all-star that he started developing this relationship with Ellen i mean Ellen also a huge Huge. So you think you can dance fan.
1: And that's where they that's where they hit it off. And and yeah, she released a statement today as well. When you think of Twitch, you, you think of Ellen and and she put this statement out saying, quote, I'm heartbroken. Twitch was pure love and light. He was my family and I loved him with all my heart. I will miss him. Please send your love and support to Allison and his beautiful children, Wesley, Maddox, and Zaya. So take me back to those Ellen days and why this is such a shock, just talking about his personality and the energy he brought through the screen.
2: The thing that is really striking about all of these statements that we've received publicly, some things we've heard from some people in his life, is everyone. You heard it from Ellen, you you heard it from Bonnie Love, and all of these other people, Carrie Washington and Nigel Lithgow, and the list goes on and on about what a light he is. And that is literally the word that just everyone keeps repeating that this person was such a light, that their smile brought so much joy, and that they are all just shocked. Even in the most recent days, he just celebrated his wedding anniversary with Allison. They both posted these beautiful tributes on Instagram. They posted a video of them doing a holiday dance. Of course, they were very famous for doing these Dances together on social media. Just yeah, two the, the days couple ago. that that
1: kind of dances together, and let, they they are the go tos for that. From TikTok to Instagram to, they they look so happy.
2: And this family is just beautiful, and they get involved in the dances. And again, like they just celebrated this anniversary. They just posted this holiday dance. Like they just were in Hip Hop Nutcracker, which launched on Disney Plus just a few weeks ago. I mean, they've been everywhere. And nobody seems to have seen any signs on this.
1: Just lastly, I want to live in that light just a little bit. Was there a moment, maybe it's from So You Think You Can Dance or whatever it was that just resonated with you about that spirit of his?
2: Absolutely. This is a great question. In a season after his, when he was an all-star, he did this hip-hop dance to Out of Your Mind with Alex Wong, who has gone on to become one of the best dancers really ever to be on the show. And it was absolutely stupendous, this incredible number. But then later in the season, Alex Wong got injured. And usually on So You Think You Can Dance during the finale, they revisit the best dances of the season and they reperform them. But because Alex Wong was injured and couldn't do it, Ellen stepped in and did this major hip-hop dance. It was the most amazing thing. And and credit to Ellen too on that, but you saw the vibe that Ellen and Twitch had and the light and the joy. I really think that is why Ellen was so drawn to him. And that was why Ellen viewers are so drawn to him. He has a smile that lights up every room he ever walked in.
1: Wow. Well, i uh- Yeah, didn't expect to wake up to this. And it's such a sad loss. There will be more to come. So we will update you, Brianne. Thank you so much for being here. If you or someone you know is considering suicide, please contact the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 or text STRENGTH to the Crisis Text Line at 741-741 or go to 988lifeline.org. Brianne, thanks so much.
2: Thank you.
1: Whew. Okay, you guys, that was a lot of heaviness. So let's all just take a deep breath. It's almost time to delve into the latest on the royal family. Harry and Meghan premiered last Thursday on Netflix, and Harry and Meghan the Doc, that is, (laughs) and it has become the platform's most watched docu-series already. Now we're starting to hear rumblings from how the rest of the royals are receiving the -the behind-the-scenes look into their lives, and it sounds like they're not loving it. Coming up, we get into the latest developments from the Harry and Meghan series and hear how William, Kate, and even King Charles are responding. But first, former Tonight Show host Jay Leno opened up to us here at People about the extensive burns he received from an accidental gasoline fire at his garage. You remember that. After the break, we hear the comedian share his harrowing journey to recover. We'll be right back.
0: Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. I had no face two weeks ago, and, and now it's like, okay. I mean, I tried to get the Clooney face, but that wasn't available, so I had to settle for the standard
1: We are back. And as you heard right there, Jay Leno is back to cracking jokes. It's been just over a month since Leno was severely burned while working on a car in his garage. And now the denim clad comedian is opening up about what happened. Leno was tinkering in his garage on his old 1907 white steam car last month. When the more than century-old vehicle wouldn't start, the former Tonight Show host went under the vehicle to see what was wrong. A clogged fuel line proved to be the culprit, and as his friend Dave tried to help light the pilot light for the old steamer, gas sprayed onto Leno. As Jay told us, quote, "'I'm not much of a panicky guy.'" He then called for Dave and calmly said, "'My face is on fire.'" Dave then pulled Jay out from under the car and smothered him to put the fire out. The paramedics arrived, but Jay said he was feeling okay. But they took him by ambulance to the Grossman Burn Center in Los Angeles. His surgeon, Dr. Peter Grossman, was worried about the comedian's long-term future and told us, quote, Functionally and cosmetically, I had serious concerns. Jay ending up with permanent disfigurement was a big worry for me. Leno was treated for severe second-degree burns on his face, chest, hands, and left arm and was treated for nine days. In order to promote faster healing, doctors performed two skin grafts surgeries. During the second surgery, pig intestine, yes, you heard that correctly, was used as another biological skin substitute, creating a closed, protective environment for skin to heal. Leno shared that he also spent time in a hyperbaric chamber to help speed up the healing process, and he likened it to sitting in a coffin. Even as it remained to be seen how the treatments would work, the former late-night host wasn't too concerned.
0: I didn't make my money being handsome, okay, so luckily that was not... Uh... It was not a, a deal-breaker for me.
1: Leno said he received an outpouring of support from the likes of John Travolta, uh, Tom Selleck, Russell Crowe, and countless other friends and fans alike. Jay has already returned to doing what he loves most, performing stand-up and tinkering in his garage. When asked if he learned from the ordeal, he responded in true Jay Leno fashion. Have I
0: learned anything? No, no, not at all. Uh, you can't teach men anything after 40, you know. Once men learn how to make a sandwich and make a bed, they're done.
1: There is unprecedented news coming out of the royal family these days, and we hear people are all over it, as usual. For our cover story this week, we dive even further into Harry and Meghan's Netflix docu-series, as part two is set to drop tomorrow. Plus, we got some insight as to how William and Kate are reacting to it all, and whether or not they are even watching it. There's a lot to get into here, so joining me now to discuss all the latest headlines is People's senior editor, Aaron Hill. Hey, Aaron, welcome back.
3: Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, let's talk about this new trailer for Harry and Meghan's docuseries. They are alleging that Meghan was being used as a scapegoat to hide less favorable stories about other members of the royal family. Take a listen. Like a story about someone in the family would pop up for a minute and they go, we've got to make that go away. But there's real estate
3: on a website homepage. There is real estate there on a newspaper front cover. And something has to be filled in there about someone royal. You know, this one is definitely going more into the palace relationship with the press. And that is something that is of such extreme interest to Harry and Meghan and really darkened their time as senior working royals. And what they're saying here is that, really, they used Meghan and fed stories to the press to cover up other stories that were being written by royals that were unfavorable at the time to really kind of suit the other senior royals' agendas from Charles to William to Kate to Andrew. And it's also her lawyer, Jenny Afia, who worked with her on her amazing win for Associated Press when she won her suit against the Mail on Sunday, who says she has receipts for this. Like, she's seen evidence.
1: Goodness. Well, this series has been making a ton of waves since part one premiered last week. So sources spoke to us and gave us more insight as to why Harry and Meghan wanted to make this in the first place. So what did they say?
3: Yeah, so we spoke to sources for our cover story, and, you know, they really say that Megan and Harry are two people who, who are in love, and they want to share their story. And whereas we got a glimpse of that in the Oprah interview, we didn't really get to go too too much further. But here it is, the two of them sitting there going through the events and and it coming from them. in addition to being their story, it opens up this sort of wider conversation about racism and and the culture wars and the issues in the UK, across the Commonwealth, across the globe, really. And that's what's really important to them as well, to not just keep it at them, but this reflects this this sort of toxic nature of the press, which they're alleging really clouded a, a lot of their experiences really extends to so many others.
1: Well, let's talk about how other members of the royal family are reacting to the series. We can't forget that this is all coming out amid lots of tension between Harry and William and King Charles. There are some strong allegations in here, so they can't be taking all this well, right?
3: Yeah, so we're hearing that a palace source is saying that William and Kate are actually avoiding the series altogether, and they're having their aides watch instead and sort of screen what's being said about them, brief them on that, and then they'll react. But it doesn't sound like they're taking the time to to watch it. They're going to leave that to their aides, to their spokespeople. As for Charles, a royal household source tells people that the door to reconciliation is always open for him. I mean, we know a lot of the tension is between the brothers, but that also extends to Charles as well. I mean, Harry's talked about his father not taking his calls before and how they were cut off financially, and it was just a very tricky situation. And so according to this royal source that he would like for this to stop and he would like there to be a reconciliation.
1: Well, despite all of this tension, is it true that Harry and Meghan and William and Kate are exchanging Christmas gifts for their respective children?
3: over the past few years, we've heard that consistently, that no matter what is going on between the brothers, between Megan and Harry and the family, it seems that they put that all aside come Christmas time, and they do send gifts to each other's children. So that is nice to hear. It does give us a glimmer of hope, and at least that they're keeping the kids in mind. They're the future of the family, obviously, and I would think they would want those cousins to have relationships, but that they are acknowledging that with each other's children and sending those gifts along is, I think, a glimmer of hope.
1: It's good to hear that that's happening. Hopefully that will help smooth things. But speaking of the holidays, before I let you go, let's talk about Kate and William's Christmas card. It's a beautiful new photo of them with their kids and it's their most casual Christmas card yet.
3: You know, it's actually very sunny too. This was taken during warmer times in the UK and they're out there in the sunshine, walking as a family, hands in hand. And this is so casual. We're seeing Kate and William in jeans, which is a rare sighting, especially for William. George even has his shirt untucked. Now that might be a first. So (laughs) to kind of see them as a regular family. And this is the photo they chose. And a lot of thought goes into the photos that the royal family chooses for these holiday cards. All eyes are on them and everything's sort of picked apart and looked at. And so it's very sweet that they chose for this very casual one to represent the family this year
1: jeans shirts untucked holding hands <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's so sweet <laughs> so do we think how casual this card is kind of a nod to or actually kind of a slap in the face to some of the formality claims that have been coming out of the docu series
3: You you have to wonder, is it a coincidence we're seeing Kate and William in jeans when Megan just said last week in part one of the documentary that she hosted them for a dinner, she was wearing jeans and barefoot, and she was met with a lot of formality from them. We did hear in our cover story from the source close to Kate that she's very warm and she always gives this person a hug and a kiss when she sees them because we heard for Megan, that there was a stiffness and a coldness coming from William and Kate when she went to go hug them. So is this their kind of clever way to kind of say, you know, here we are in jeans and no, we're, we're a casual, fun loving family. Who knows, but it is an interesting move.
1: Interesting. Yes. I love it. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we recap part two of Harry and Megan's docuseries with our very own Michelle Tauber. Erin, it's always so great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Well, last but not least, with so many heavy stories today, I wanted to end on something that truly made me light up. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of Energy announced that scientists made a major breakthrough in the world of nuclear fusion. Scientists have achieved a reaction that created more energy than was used, what the folks in the science community call a net energy gain. Basically, this is one of the greatest scientific achievements of our lifetime. What this hopefully means for all of us is that this This looks like the path to long-term renewable energy that will ultimately replace Fossil fuels, you guys. This is important. This kind of energy has been theorized for some time and depicted in all sorts of sci fi movies and TV shows. But basically, this is the same type of reaction found within massive stars like our sun. And nuclear fusion experts say that this process creates roughly 4 million times more energy than burning coal and gas. Now, experts are saying that we've still got some more work to do to harness this kind of energy. But on a day with just so much doom and gloom, it really really warms my soul to hear that maybe, just maybe, we have a real solution to all of this fossil fuel pollution and something that might save our planet. Well, thank you all for listening again today, sending you love and light, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on People Every Day.